So, Jason Spezza, what is your fondest memory of a former Sen, former Star, former Leaf? Is this terrible? It's um, his laugh. <laughs> that specific interview? Yes, the, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's out of nowhere, he just started giggling. And he's got a very, like, nerdy, distinct laugh. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Is this how we're going to remember uh, one of the greatest Ottawa Senators by his laugh? Okay, I will bring... Uh, you know what? I'll talk about this after. I'm, I'm going to let you guys figure out your best Jason Spencer memories before I start going on a tangent here. Honestly, I can't think of much for... Jason Spezza, like I remember, his, I remember his younger years when he was on that Heatley Alfredson line, like that tore up the league. I think there was like one year where they all had like ninety points, like it was ridiculous. Like I, I still like as much as he joined the Leafs for those last couple of seasons. I think you always remember him as a Sen, but for some reason he, I don't feel like he feels connected to Ottawa for some reason. Like he feels more connected to Toronto, even though he spent a lifetime with the Senators organization. He was a captain for them. I don't know. I just find it weird that he ended up in Toronto still. I mean, I don't find that particularly weird if he was born in Mississauga and like Toronto is technically right closer in comparison to Ottawa. Yeah, I get they're both Canadian teams, but you know, if you, if you were born here in Toronto and you have the opportunity to play for your hometown team, I think it's a, it is kind of special. So I'm going to go on a tangent here, okay? Can we uh, can we kind of just look at how the the Toronto, or I guess the media kind of remembers Jason Spencer? Like a little bit of, oh yeah, he was a pretty good senator. Everyone just forgets that he was a, a Dallas star. And then it's like, Toronto. He was a Toronto. He has always been on Toronto. I don't know what you're talking about. He had maple leaf pajamas. And like, just absolutely nothing on him being a Dallas star. Well, I feel like with the stars, he was kind of, it was kind of, like he had run his course with the Sens and then um, like the stars were kind of almost, it almost looked like he had washed out of the league. So he kind of like was in Dallas for like a little bit. Was he, he was traded there? I think I don't even remember. Like it, it was kind of like the end of the Sens era of them being like a contender. So I felt like it was like a farewell, you know, go off to retirement, but yeah, like that star's time was just really like out there. It wasn't like didn't seem right for his career. I think it was more so that with his age at that point and where and like he didn't really want to be there. I think because he said it was like uh, the trade of Fisher and whatnot, and then it was him. And then after he was traded, they made the uh, conference finals a couple years later. Like I don't think they were going down. I don't think the sense were getting worse. I think he just didn't fit their timeline. Plus, I think he want it was a contract year or something, something like that. Uh, to bring up a point, yes, he was the set the senator's captain, and he was actually traded along with Ludwig Carlson for Alex Chieson, Alexander Guptil. I don't know who that is Nick Paul, and 
a second round pick that was then traded. Any guesses on who that pick ended up being? Oliver Shillington? Or a Calgary? It was a Calgary guy in the end, wasn't it? Anson? I don't even have one. It ends up getting traded to the New Jersey Devils, and it's the pick used to select Mackenzie Blackwood. So the Jason Spezza tra- trade tree includes Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, yeah, I mean, like, he did kind of run his course, I think, by the end there. Everyone was just like, oh, he was kind of just there, I guess. But at the end of the day, I feel like if he – I think he's one of the, the players you, you consider retiring his number for in Ottawa only. Is that, is that too much? I think if you spend like a decade with an organization and being so meaningful for that organization, I think like a hundred percent, like I, I think Spezza should have his jersey retired, but I think it's going to take a couple of years. I don't think it's going to be like within the next five, I would say, I'd say it's going to take a little longer in my opinion. I mean, absolutely. I think he should considering, I think there's only a handful of people that we would list that would go up and, their their numbers will go up for the Sens, and I think he's definitely one of them. I also saw this really weird, like I mean, in terms of like Spezza post NHL. I mean, I think when I saw that he had nine hundred ninety five points, I kind of was like, you know, could you have maybe stayed a couple of extra, like played a couple of extra games next year just to hit that a hundred, like one thousand. If you're Sheldon Keith, do you feel bad for you know not playing him a little bit more to get him to a thousand? But I think it's like really mature of Spezza being like you know like I don't need to chase these records like this is like I know this is the end for me like yes I can go you know cup chasing but you saw what happened with Joe Thornton and in the end what he gets to play one final game and lose that final game and not win a cup like I, I think he kind of knew it's the end and you know post NHL I think he's. He's got a career in hockey still somehow. I just don't know where. I think people are saying like player development seems to be, you know, his spot. Right now he's going to be the special assistant to Kyle Dubas. So I think he's going to, we're going to see Spezza soon in some capacity in the NHL world. Well, I think even before this, I think a bunch of Leafs were saying, hey, Jason Spezza is like in in madly in love with hockey in the sense that he's always thinking hockey he's always like trying to figure out his brain just constantly thinking about hockey like, i think he genuinely enjoys it it's not a matter of i'm doing this to get paid or anything of that nature you know what i mean it's i truly enjoy it so i'm going to play that much you know what i mean so i i, I would be surprised if he ends up as like a GM or a coach or something of that nature. Yeah, I definitely see him as like a coach. Um, he's also got a future in, with uh, Sonnet Insurance because apparently I, I see him like in every Sonnet Insurance com- commercial. There's this weird one I saw recently where it's like, you know, like you said before, he's like dedicated to the sport. Like, I think it was a really poorly CGI like video of him with like massive thighs and calves or something. I don't know if it's a joke on him or something, but I, I think he's gonna he's he can still make money through uh, like uh, endorsements and still even post NHL. This is a weirdly uncomfortable and specific example you're giving up, Jeffrey. <laughs> Those are some specific details. I think is what he's trying to say. 
I'm sorry, it was kind of one of my post-slumber scrolling back through my phone and I just saw something random just pop up on my feed, so... Maybe maybe it wasn't even Jason's fest, so maybe I was just too sleepy and didn't even realize what was what I was watching. And with that, let's set the show proper, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. Um, so we're kind of reaching the end of round two, I would say. It feels like it's been a long time. These playoffs have like gone on for a while. But, you know, I think one of the things that we really... I don't know. We, are you disappointed that we only got five games of the Battle of Alberta? Like, we didn't get a full seven-game series? Don't be so greedy, Jeffrey. It was five good games. I'd rather have five good games than seven bad games. Yeah, but like at the same time, like it felt like this was supposed to be a series that was supposed to go to seven games, like maybe six, but it didn't seem like a series that was supposed to be, you know, five games. Like after, you know, the first two games, or I think it was like, or three games was like when we last recorded, like it seemed like, you know, it was going to be a back and forth series. Like it never seemed like, oh, Edmonton was just going to take control of the series, but they kind of did towards the end. They just, you know, the Flames just didn't have an answer for them. I mean, it helps that McDavid and Drysaddle kind of combined for, what, 27 points in something like that in the five games? Something like the number was insane. Plus that I think Markstrom let his goals, like, I forgot what it's called, but like the goals he's supposed to let in was like five goals higher than it was expected to. Um, I think those two combinations didn't help uh, the Flames whatsoever. So are you saying it's more like luck that Edmonton won, or was it or just Markstrom being bad? Like the expected goals just, you know, he, he just the underlying analytics, you know, said it was going to be a close series, but, you know, real life it didn't turn out that way? Possibly both. I think, you know, the expected goals was a lot higher. Sorry, yeah, for Markstrom was a lot higher than, I think, any of us would have thought. And then on top of that, um, Dreisaito went for like, what, 15, 17 points in that five games? I don't think... When someone goes like on that high of a streak, um, I think those couple of factors is all really need, especially in a seven-game series, which, yeah, again, like Alston said, I'd rather have five games where it was unreal versus seven games of like, I guess this is just seven games. This is like whatever, and I think the the best part for me was just seeing how comfortable um, Mike Smith and Markstrom were playing the puck after the mishaps they had and uh, throughout the entire series. Well, I think you have to like double down almost, right? Like, <laughs> who cares if you make a mistake? Because like I remember there was one goal where Mike Smith had the assist because he played the puck out there. Like, yes, he's, you're gonna make mistakes, but like, like I've said before, like Mike Smith, like playing the puck, seventy five percent of the chances, like he he makes a good play. It's the twenty five percent where he makes a bad play that leads to goal, and that's the things that we harp on him for him. But like we don't recognize the other that seventy five percent where he makes a good play, where you know we don't always recognize it. Like to me, like he's kind of like the OG, you know, puck playing 
goalie, like more than like a Martin Brodeur even. Like Mike Smith has like like stick handling skill compared to most goalies. Well, that's the thing, right? I think Mike Smith is like you, you hit the nail right on the point, right? When he's really good, he's insane, but he's also he can also just be like all over the place, right? At the end of the day, I think at an entertainment value, the better team, the more entertaining team won, right? Um, I'll be honest with you. I think most people felt the same way too. The idea of a Flames Avalanche or a Flames Blues doesn't have the same ring as a Oilers Avalanche. Like the same vibe, right? It's like yeah. The would you rather have a, let's say like Gaudreau and, um, O'Reilly series, or would you rather have a McDavid McKinnon series? Well, that's my point, right? So, you actually bring up a great example. You went, uh, Gaudreau and uh, and you had to think about it, right? McKinnon McDavid just rolled off your tongue. And I think that shows, you know, exactly that's what most fans think. They recognize McKinnon. They recognize McDavid. Blues, who's the fourth? They recognize O'Reilly, Cairo. You know what I mean? It doesn't It doesn't have that much entertainment. And how chaotic Mike Smith is, bringing up Jeffrey's point, brings the entertainment factor. You can't deny that. No, I agree with you. Like, even like a guy like Tarasenko is no longer as dynamic as he once was. And... I think, yeah, like having, you know, star power and like dynamic players would make a series a lot more exciting. I think that Colorado Edmonton series is going to be, you know, super exciting. I don't know if it's going to have as many goals as this Calgary Edmonton series, but, you know, I think it's going to be um, just as exciting. And, you know, like I, I'm hoping we get more Battle of Alberta's. Like I know we, when the new playoff like format came, whereas, gonna have all these divisional you know playoff competitions like i think we're always like you know it's gonna kind of suck it's gonna be like the same teams all over again but if that means we're gonna get more you know calgary edmonton like looking into next year i think maybe in the pacific there's five playoff hopefuls like there's a good chance we're gonna get you know battle of alberta you know version two next season like and i would say like i mean if you're looking at Calgary, I don't think you're going to see like huge changes. It depends if they can resign everyone, but like, like I I would expect you know us to see what's going to happen again next year. But at the same time, like, do you have to feel sorry for Calgary? Like, I don't know, like that Blake Coleman disallowed goal. I, I know you guys have watched it recently. What are your thoughts on the goal? Like, should that goal have been disallowed? For me, no. I think. It should have counted because looking at it, yes, he makes contact, but I think regardless, the puck would have went in. It was a kind of on the line already. I think that's you know, it, and to, like the way that I was going, it was going to go in the net. So I I don't think whether or not Coleman hit it or not, um, would have made it a factor. And regardless, I don't think he meant to hit it. It was the defenseman who pushed him into. The puck and the whole thing. It's like when you get a penalty when the when the defenseman pushes you in the goalie and you get a penalty. You're like, why? It's just like the same kind of um, issue there. I'm a sucker for chaos. 
I am totally fine for that. I love just absolute chaos. <laughs> Wait, so are you for or not for the goal? That doesn't really answer the question. I'm for the goal. I want more of these just garbage push goals in. I love them. Well, I think the main thing was like there wasn't like a definitive like kicking motion, but it, it does look like Coleman's trying to like hide the fact that he's going to be using his skate to direct the puck in. So like I think that's where they were coming up with the decision that it was like the goal was kicked in. But like I agree with like what Anson said, right? Like the defenseman's on his back. He's trying to... S- you know, stop. But at the same time, he's trying to make a play on the puck still, right? And if he has to use his skate to, you know, guide the puck in, like, that's fine. It's like, it's like a redirection, right? It's not like he's kicking it in. He's just redirecting the puck into the net. So you're in the in the boat that it's fine. Yeah, like, I think it should be a goal. Like, my analogy for this is, like, if, if we're watching football, right? Like, you're not allowed to ever use your hands to, you know, touch the ball. You can only use your feet. or Well, you can basically use any part of your body except sorry, your sorry, hands. Football, Jeffrey? What is this football you speak of? I'm sorry. I don't want to use the, the, the Western term of soccer. But in football, right, like you can't use your hands or your arms to play the ball. You have to use, you know, the rest of your body. It's in hockey. Why are you allowed to use your skates to kick the puck up to your stick or to, you know, kick it up the boards? But when it comes to right when you're about to score a goal, why can't you use your feet then? Like, it just makes no sense, right? It's like if all of a sudden football, yes, you can play with your hands, but unless you try to score a goal with your hands, then it doesn't count, right? Like, to me, like, you're like, why are we suddenly preventing, like, why does it have to go in off a stick or, why is it allowed to bounce off your body, but it can't bounce off your head or your skate? Like, it just makes no sense to me. Like, why are we creating so much controversy when you can just allow, you know, as long as the puck goes in and it's not, you know, a high sticking goal, like, just let that goal count. Like, to me, I just don't understand why. So are we all on board with this? I think for different reasons, yes. Like, you just want more chaos. Yeah. <laughs> but... I think Jeffrey and I, yeah, like it's, I think it was, it was going to go in regardless uh, whether Coleman was going to touch it. But yes, I think we're all on board uh, that it should have been a goal. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of wish it was a goal too. Like, like it just seems to me like, why are we creating, like, guessing if, you know, it was intentional? Like, I, I get that, you know, at the same time, you want goals to go in, like, in a hockey fashion, right? Like you don't want people suddenly, you know, picking up the puck and trying to throw it into the net, like a la like Mark Bergevin on his own net. But like, you know, like it's still, I, I feel like it's, does it take away from the game? If, you know, someone, you know, redirects the puck or accidentally, or tries to like kick the puck into the net with their feet. Like if you're the goalie, like you should, you should be stopping a puck that someone tries to kick in versus someone trying to shoot it up from their stick. So, Here's the thing, though, just because I'm a devil's advocate here. It does, there is seem like a kind of a kicking motion. Like, it's arguable on both sides. And this is going to be terrible here, but wouldn't you want to, if you're unsure, wouldn't you kind of want to just err on the side of caution? 
Um, I guess you would, but I thought the the call on the ice was a goal. So like, I don't know. I thought like there wasn't, there didn't seem to me like definitive evidence that it was motion. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Coleman intentionally used the skate to guide the puck in. Was it a kicking motion? I don't know, but I feel like. I feel like maybe the reasoning why people are like, oh, it shouldn't count is because like that wasn't like a hockey goal. Like that wasn't, you know, someone, you know, trying to, you know, make a play on the puck. Like it was intentionally Coleman not, you know, using a stick. He was intentionally trying to guide the puck in with the skate. And that's not hockey. So that's why it shouldn't count. But like I, I thought the call on the ice was a goal. So I'm surprised like they thought it was like definitive that it was like kicked into the net. I'll give you that. You know what? Like I said, right? I'm just being a devil's advocate here. Okay, so we are recording on Game 7 for the Rangers and Hurricanes on the day of. It's currently the end of the first. The Rangers are up 2 nothing. Who do you want to win? Ignore the current results. Like we talked about earlier, we're talking about the Abs and Oilers, one team is more attractive of an option to win. Do we have that between the Rangers and the Hurricanes? I think if you're the NHL, you want the Rangers, right? You want a big market team. Like, I know Carolina's an up-and-coming team, but it's Raleigh versus, you know, New York, right? Like, I, I think if... I think... Me personally, too, I would want to see New York because it's, you know, it's a. I feel like you will get more ex, like excited to watch a series. I feel like with Carolina, kind of be a little bit dull against Tampa. Going back to what you said earlier, um, let's just do this for a second. Carolina and the Rangers. Um, what two names pop up in your head? So, like, one for each team. Aho and Shesterkin. Jeffrey? I was going to go Aho Panarin. I don't know if that's... I thought we were going forwards, but if we're going low and goalies, I guess your Storkin should make the list too. I don't know if I said goalies or players. That That's on me, but I think you pick any of the five guys on Tampa, and I think you, there's a list of names you can bring out on the Rangers, like Storkin, Kreider, Panarin, Fox, I think you can bring that. I it's a little harder to name it off of uh, the Canes, in my opinion. I they have a lost star power, but I think like you both went Aho immediately, and whereas the Rangers, you have multiple options, and I think it's I'd rather have that kind of matchup between the Rangers and um, uh, the Lightning. Well, it, I I guess it kind of seems like that's where it's heading, right? If the Rangers are up to nothing. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think, yeah, I would think the Rangers, I think we're kind of in agreement. The Rangers would be, you know, the better pick against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, okay. Because I'm a devil's advocate, I want this entire episode to be us agreeing with each other. Would it not be a lot more fun to have the bunch of jerks there though? But that's kind of what we said about like Florida, the battle of Florida and look how that turned out. I think, I guess my thing is like, okay, you, you can have the bunch of jerks there versus a legacy franchise. 
if you're the NHL, do you not kind of want Carolina and Tampa? Because those are two markets that you've been trying to build for such a long time. I think so, but at the same time, it's it's New York, man. Like the amount of money you're gonna pull, like having the like a conference finals with New York involved. I think if you're in the NHL, the bottom line is gonna be more important than you know increasing the small market capabilities of Carolina. I think Tampa's fine. I think it's Carolina they're a little bit worried about still. But I would also argue that New York. This time of the year, you got the Yankees, which always reign supreme. You got the Mets, who are doing real well. And then, if you want to look outside of sports, it's Broadway season, dude. I'm happy you didn't say the Jets or the Giants or the Knicks because uh, those are uh, horrid franchises. But like, I, I think the appeal of New York is still too much. I think. I think if yeah, if we're looking from the NHL, I think there's merit to have either in the final, like in the conference finals against Tampa. I think each team has their own, you know, uniqueness in how they're gonna play against Tampa. But like, I think it would be a good matchup no matter what, and it's gonna be interesting to see who wins this game seven. I think, like, with this Rangers Kane series, I think we we're all kind of you know, it's kind of boring compared to the other three series. There's no storyline, but. I think the biggest storyline that's come out from this series is just the fact that the Canes can't win away. Like they can only win games at home. Like it, it's a little bit worrisome, especially if they're going to go up against Tampa. And well, actually, no. If they're going up against Tampa, I guess they're the home team, maybe in that series. Like maybe I, I don't know. It just to me, like with the Canes, like not being able to, you know win away like is that a coaching problem is that a mentality problem or is that you know just blind like poor luck i feel like when you watch the games they're not actually bad right i think to a degree it's just luck i don't see them getting like absolutely destroyed i, I think that and like it's in the psyche right where you start like kind of losing confidence in your ability and then eventually you're just like, oh, maybe I, I can't win. And then you start getting all, you know, defeating yourself before you get on the ice. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you you lose the first couple. You're like, oh, well, you know, it sucks. But then like when you lose three in a row, you lose four in a row, you lose five in a row. Like the sixth time you go in, you're going to be like, wow, I lost five in a row. Like your mentality going in, no matter how, like what, what level of play you're, that you're in. Um it's going to be like, I lost five in a row. Like, what's going to change my sixth time on this rink? Or like sixth time not at home? I just want to throw in that just because I, I, I want, like, you feel like it has to be a coaching problem. Doesn't it have to be like, because the, I think the coach plays so much more of a factor when it's like the home away splits. Like, can you effectively, you know, get around the line match? Like, is it like Gerard Gallant? Like, the they're a great home team but like as a way team like maybe you have to find ways to get your star players some more ice time or away from you know facing their top checking line like to me like it seems like a coaching problem and maybe like rod brendan was a good coach but i feel like this is kind of worrisome if like you're a coach that can't win away from home like maybe it's blind luck but it just kind of seems weird like 
you're six and zero at home, but you're zero and six away. Yeah, honestly, I think it's blind luck. At the end of the day, unless you know their beds are whoever their their mattress sponsor is is doing that great of a job, I, I really, you know, I, I don't see what would make the difference that much. I just, I just think it's once you get into into your head, you know, you start messing with your own head. You know, I think to throw back a little bit. I think the clear example, in a sense, we have it's like you know, Leafs in Game Seven. It's Leafs, like the the final game. It's sorry for that. Um, I think it's that. It's, it's like, yes, we're going back to Game Seven. It's they lost however many Game Sevens in a row. It's like what's going into it. You're gonna be like, well, what's what's the difference? Like, sure, they could do it, but history has dictated in the past that they haven't. So unless that changes, I'm gonna stick by that one. Right. Does that kinda that's kinda what I'm looking at if if you're the canes in this scenario. Yeah, no, no, it it makes sense. And I think it does kind of make sense that the Rangers are winning. Like I think it's easier for a team like I don't it's harder for the Canes to go seven and zero at home than for, you know uh to me, I think it's easier for them to end up losing this game at home than they are. I think the the psyche is just so bad for them at this point that they can't win away from home that it's now going to affect their home games. And, you know, who knows? Maybe by the end when this podcast is, you know, uploaded and shared with all our listeners, maybe the Canes can come back. But to me, I think the Rangers are, like, at least I think the Canes are in, in their head. Sorry, no, the Rangers are in the Canes' head. Or maybe the Canes are just in their own head where they can't win. So we'll see. It sounds like you're in your own head, to be honest, right now. <laughs> yes, it yes it is. So maybe may, I'll turn it over to you for our uh, weird question of the pod then. All right. So yeah, stupid question of the day. So I was watching Champions League soccer game. If you listen closely, you can hear Jeffrey chagrin when I say that. Um, and I was thinking, okay, so I know Europe has the Champions Hockey League, right? What would happen if we had a hockey version where you had the champion? This would never happen, obviously, because, you know, too much logistics. But we had one where it was the best NHL team, the best KHL team, the best mixture of all the remaining European leagues, and the world under-22 team. How badly would this turn out? So you're kind of saying it's like the FIFA Clubs World Cup, basically. That type of deal, but I realized, you know, if you do a Club World Cup, you know, the Austrian team is just getting, you know, their teeth kicked in. So I'm doing a best of the world remainder and an under-22 team because that seems fun. I'm guessing you've never actually watched the Club World Cup where I'm pretty sure it's the UCL... It's the um, like the top Asian team, like Asia, like it's the top team from each continent, right? So I don't think we're worried about Austria, but I feel like this U twenty two world team is kind of out there, like it's kind of like a throw in. Like to me, why why don't you just do like a quick round robin through between those the three teams, like the top, like I not even like the top, like you don't even have to like mix in all the European leagues. Like why don't you just do like you know Stanley Cup winner. The 
Gergen Cup winner. I think that's for the KHL. Like, and then, you know, do the SHL and then La Liga. Like, just do those four and then call it a day. Okay, because the NHL would just absolutely destroy that table, that competition. Yeah, I'm sorry. Tampa would roll over. Yeah, like the Gagarin Cup champion. I don't know how it would. I think they would kind of be better than the AHL. I guess, like, you could replace the NHL with the AHL, but that kind of ruins the fun, you know what I mean? But, like, think. I guess an example is when's the last time you've seen a KHL player come to the NHL and become a superstar immediately? Right? Kirill Kaprizov. Okay. Who else? Artemi Panarin. He wasn't. He didn't immediately become a superstar. You know what I mean? Did he not win the Calder the first year he was in the NHL? Okay, but he was like twenty six. That doesn't count. Igor Shosturkin. He struggled. He was behind Hank a few years. But my point. My point. My, my point just. What? What the hell? Just actually, no. Oh, fair mind. I think Gregorian. Okay. My point doesn't change though. I still have the NHL. I still have the KHL. Those two have always been the same. All right? Those have always been the same. I, we both agree on that. But the SHL and Liga especially, I don't think would be able to compete. You know what I mean? This is coming from the guy who keeps saying the SHL is better than the KHL, and you're saying that the SHL can't even is not adequate competition, but the KHL is? Like, where, where are you coming from here? I've always said that SHL was a close third, close to second. I've always acknowledged the KHL as second. I've said the SHL is always third. I feel like you mix it together, you get a fun hodgepodge of, of you know, excitement going on. And then the under-22 team, admittedly, a little bit of a throw-in, but it'd be really cool to just see, you know, the best prospects in the world play. Just random prospect from Liga passing it to a random defense prospect from the KHL who takes a slap shot that's tipped by a random CHL prospect. Would that not be so cool? I think your definition of cool is different from a lot of people. I think people will just see this as being a waste of time. Like, I, I don't see how that came into your mind watching the Champions League. Maybe you're so bored watching Madrid play a low block against Liverpool and you just, your mind wandered off like it normally does. But uh, yeah, to me, this is a non-starter. I have no interest at all. Like, I don't get why it's why does it have to be under 22 like shouldn't be under 20 if we're looking at prospects like i feel like you need to give this a little bit more thought before uh, we bring this up team north america i believe was under 22 was it not the... yeah but why do you need but you're saying like prospects okay like, why... but i don't want i don't want like a 19 year old just getting absolutely demolished by a 27 year old in his prime you know what i mean like at 20 you're not you know, you're physically, there's a lot of difference in terms of physical size. Um, Team North America was 23 and under. 23, okay, so it'll be 23, my bad. But, like, you know what I mean? Think about what you what you're, you are right now in terms of physical size, I guess. I don't know what the word you use. And when you were 19, I, for one, did not have a belly at 19. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, my point is, if you have, uh, like, 19, guys just going to be absolutely steamrolled. 
I really don't want to see people get steamrolled at a competition like this, even though I love chaos. Not the chaos I'm looking for. Anson, I already know what Jeffrey feels about this. Anson, is this also a dumb idea? I think if you make the... You have the stand, like the NHL, the the KHL, and the other leagues. You're you, you know you're you maybe not twenty two, because I think there's a lot of prospects, a lot of great players. Like let's just let's just use Tampa as the example, right? As the team who represents um, the NHL. There's the other thirty one teams whose players aren't representing or aren't in this competition. So if you do a let's just say U twenty five or something like that, then that's a much more competitive team, or twenty-five and under, right? Sorry, that's a much more competitive team where the best of the rest could also make a fairly competitive roster. But who is going to be the run person running this team? Like, who? What? Like, what organization is organizing all this? How are they going to appoint like a coach for or like a, a coaching staff? Who's going to be like the GM? How are they going to make sure that they're picking like an even amount? Like, are they picking the best players? Are they just making sure that every country is represented? Like, to me, like, this seems so, like... So if you re- rewind this, you hear me start this with, this would never happen because of the logistics. If you can mark my words, I exactly said these things. This is clearly a pipe dream more than anything. I'm not going to start debating rosters on this and all this. This is clearly just a pipe dream because... We can't even get a freaking exhibition game between leagues. Why do you think you're going to be like, oh, what if we create, you know, the best players who are under 23 around the world? That would never happen. This is clearly a pipe dream. Isn't there the EHT still? Like, I think it's the only problem is the NHL. Like, I think Europe and KHL, they have a way to play with each other in the EHT. But, like, I think, I, I think, like, Maybe within, I should know. I shouldn't say that. It's clear it's a pipe dream. I've made it very clear it's a pipe dream, Jeffrey. No, no, no. Well, I'm saying like maybe one day we'll see like an exhibition between the NHL and KHL. Obviously, right now is not the greatest time to do that. But like, I'm hoping one day we can see, you know, some intercontinental competition where we do get to see, you know, these maybe not competitively and like not for like a, you know, big reward, but like just something that, you know, like exhibition just to, you know, showcase the best talents in different leagues. So that's my dumb question of the day. Not very well received by my co-host, but it's okay. Sometimes you get really bad, bad questions and I'm okay. I'm all for it. Um, so that's all I have for today. So uh, I'm getting the final thoughts. I'll go first. Um, love y'all. And um, pipe creams are pipe creams. Love them. I'll send them to Anson next. Dreams can be by. Is that what you said? Dreams can be by. I'll just pass that to Jeffrey. Go ahead. Wrap it up. Wait, what's happening? I, I kind of lost track. Someone sent me a. Uh, someone sent something in the group chat, and I kind of got confused where we're supposed to go from there. Anson, what did you send to us? Jeffrey, what is your final thought? Oh, my final thought is that. Um, Olsen's pipe dream is not a dream. It's uh, a chaotic, um, chaotic, I don't know, you know, I don't even know what to call it. it just, it's an unreasonable, chaotic nightmare that's full of logistical problems. But like Olsen said, it's a hypothetical. It made no sense at all. And, you know, as much of this podcast 
is normally sens- sensible. It's- you make no sense at all. Yes. I now I'm in my own head and maybe I'm just, I'm just the Carolina Hurricanes right now. I'm just in my own head. But you know, that's our pod for the week. Uh we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.